This podcast is brought to you by Bet Rivers. Download the Bet Rivers app from the App Store or Google Play Store. Must be 21. Available in Ohio only. Void where prohibited. Terms and conditions apply. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler. Sports gaming is provided in partnership with Dayton Real Estate Ventures, LLC, DBA, Hollywood Gaming at Dayton Raceway. If you're a tennis fan, you'll love betting weekly game bet match on the Bet Rivers Network. Whether you're a better or just love tennis, you'll enjoy the in depth analysis each week of the tennis calendar. Subscribe to Game Bet Match today from your favorite podcast provider. You're listening to the Danny Mac Podcast on the Bet Rivers Network. Welcome back. It is the Danny Mac Podcast on the Bet Rivers Podcast Network. It's week three of the NFL season. It's arrived the 49ers prohibitive favorites at Bet Rivers. Ten and a half right now over the Saquon Barkley-less New York Giants tonight. Giants gritty performance on the road, looking like they were going to fall to 0-2 last week. But they rally and beat the Cardinals. Terrific second half for Daniel Jones. The Bears, on the other hand, have not turned it around. And it has continued to spiral for Team McCaskey. It's my pleasure to have the company of former Bears quarterback Jim Miller, a guy who knows what it's like to be in that hot seat in Lake Forest, a guy who does a great job on Sirius XM moving the chains weekday afternoons. Jim, I couldn't have imagined it spiraling as quickly as it had. Um, but before we get to Justin Fields' comments yesterday, was it your opinion before you heard anything about his his comments about coaching that maybe they have taken some of what he does most instinctively away from him two games into this season? Uh, I don't think so. I think they've tried to incorporate, you know, quarterback runs. I think they've run bootlegs. Uh, you know, I think they've tried to take advantage of his legs, but that's not what it's about. He needs to grow from within the pocket. If you look at all their touchdowns this year, even this past weekend against Tampa Bay, the touchdown to, to Claypool is was in the pocket. The other touchdown was in the pocket. Even go back to week one, the touchdown pass to, to Darnell Mooney, it's in the pocket. At some point, you've got to be able to throw the ball from the pocket because defenses are playing to, to play containment against, against Justin Fields. That's exactly what Todd Bowles was doing. They want Justin to beat you from within the pocket. Yeah, certain things will break down where he'll get out and he'll get some runs at a positive play where you've got breakdown and in, in gap integrity. But really, that's where the game is, is won or lost. You know, adding to your uh, the offense with your ability uh, to run certainly is an added uh, feature that is going to be tough on defenses to defend. But I think as, as the current NFL, modern NFL, NFL day sits right now, the only running quarterback or quote-unquote scramble quarterback who has won Super Bowls, we'd probably be talking about Steve Young, and that's it. I, I don't think uh, that's where you want to be as a, as a quarterback to, to be leading the league in rushing every year because I don't think it translates to Super Bowl victories. No, I, I don't think many do. Um, it's still, though, when you do something so very well – I, I, I'm dissatisfied they haven't called more runs from him. I get it. You don't want him to rush for 1,000 yards. you got a couple running backs, too, who seem to be pretty capable in Herbert and the rookie, Roshan Johnson. I know you like him. But do you think they have called enough runs for him in these first two games? 
I, I think you have a, a balance of it. I think you, when you mix it in, depending on the opponent that you're playing, I think you have a, a mixture, which they did this past weekend against the Bears. They ran, it, like I said, a couple of bootlegs. They ran uh, uh, basically a, a quarterback student body left. But again, I, I just don't think that's where you want to be because you, you're where the position is now. We know guys are making an exorbitant amount of money, uh, $50 million in a Cam Newton is a six foot five, two hundred and fifty pound quarterback that is beat up and out of the league. You look at Lamar Jackson; people have questions about his uh, durability. So, yeah, you want to infuse it into the to the game plan as a as a club in your bag, so to speak. Every golf bag, you want every club. You want your offense to be multi dimensional, but you don't want to be subjecting him to to injuries. You know, so I think if he's carrying over ten times a game. You know, probably from six to eight is about where you want to be. Anything 10 or more, I, I think is just too much. And you're subjecting your quarterback to injury, which is just not a good thing. Backing up to his news conference yesterday and then the follow-up to cover his ass after the practice when he said, I, I don't blame my coaches. I don't blame my teammates. I never will. Well, you, you did a few hours ago. I'm sensing some disappointment from you, from the tone of your voice today in the Bears' third-year quarterback. Am I misreading you? Uh, no, I'm disappointed. I think it's been uneven, and I went to training camp this year, and I thought it was uneven at, at training camp. At, at the two practices I witnessed, I thought P.J. Walker outperformed him from what I saw, and it kind of continued uh, throughout, the, uh, throughout the, the training camp. I think for him, what I think about Justin Fields, I think he's a big – strong, smart, hardworking, and I do think he's a good leader. I just think he's very frustrated right now with what's what's going on. In his defense, and I've said this on the air at Sirius, as a unit, as an offensive unit, all 11 guys, they never were together all training camp. Claypool's been out since he arrived here. He He missed all the OTAs. He missed all of training camp. The same can be said for the offensive line other than Braxton Jones. All right, they moved Cody White here from center to left guard. Now Lucas Patrick has been at is in at the uh, center, and uh, Gabe Davis, who missed all of training camp, is the is the right guard. And Darnell Wright's a rookie, so four out of five offensive linemen weren't even together. And then of course DJ Moore is new to this offense, along with Roshan Johnson, who's new. So in Justin's defense, all eleven guys haven't consistently worked together till really the start of the season. And that's not good for anybody, including uh, Justin Fields. You could tell that first game versus Green Bay, look at how staggered the offensive linemen were coming off on the snap count. They weren't even together enough to know what the snap count was to come off on unison. So it's a collective effort. It's not just Justin. He has his part in it, but it's it's a unit overall, including the coaching staff. My hope going forward is we've seen the last of this non-participation from the first group in August. When you're the Chiefs, you, you've earned that. If you're a playoff, you know, the Eagles earn the right to rest that veteran group of offensive linemen. You know what they can do. You don't need them in August, but we are tired of this movie in Chicago. They have not earned the right to not participate in these preseason scrimmages. I know it's a high risk. You can lose guys in those games. But Jesus, you're you're giving up games in September because you didn't prepare in August. That's my read on this. Am I wrong? I'll say a couple words. Patrick Mahomes paid, played in every preseason game. 
He's the best quarterback in the league. Andy Reid played him every single preseason game. He played all those guys because that's what, in order to play football, you, you got to go play football. I mean, that's just what it is. That's how you're going to get better uh, as a unit. Certain guys, yes, you are going to hold out uh, due to maybe they've got a significant injury that they're recovering from, but guys got to play. You know, and I say it all the time. Football players are paid to play football. They got to play football. Is Matt Eberflus the right leader for this team? I, I think he is. I I don't like probably the one thing I don't like. I don't like staggered practices. Meaning, you you have a they have whatever it is green, red, yellow. So red's basically a walkthrough. A yellow is like fifty percent tempo, and then green is obviously go. All I know is that every day the Pittsburgh Steelers are in pads. Everybody's tackled to the ground. They run it because Mike Tomlin says, hey, that's what football requires. And when we got the pads on, we are playing full football just like as if it's a game. And uh, when I look at it, the Steelers look at it as an advantage. Granted, they stubbed their toe week one, but you can't tell me they're not physically ready to play football. I mean, that team is physically ready to go. And that's just how they play. That's just their mindset. And I think that's, you know – with all, all these practices, and we know they only have a certain amount in pads, you have to take advantage of them. They are what they are. The Bears don't have a defensive coordinator right now. Um, Eberflus not really addressing that yesterday. That was before the resignation of, of Alan Williams. Lots of mystery about that. Man, and I thought this defense was going to be better. I, I didn't think they were getting all-world players with some of the free agent signings. But, Jesus, man, we're two games into this, and they have not caused a turnover, and they have one sack. That's why I have long thoughts about Eberflus as a defensive mind. I mean, his whole thing coming in here, Jim, was the Colts led the league in turnover differential in that season, and they do not take the ball away. They don't tackle well. They seem ill-prepared. They're making great players out of Jordan Love and Baker Mayfield in weeks one and two. Yeah. Well, I, I will say this. I think last week, obviously, uh, uh, Yannick Ngakwe had two opportunities. He missed those sacks. So I think those will come. But you're right on the defensive line. Those are all free agents, all right? Those aren't homegrown talent. We'll see what happens with the guys behind them, whether it's uh, Dexter or Pickens and you know, even for Dominique Robinson, these guys got to start to develop and they're playing these guys. All right. These guys are going to hopefully develop into players. But I will say this about the Bears defense last week. They were in a tough environment with heat, all the things. They lost two of their safeties. They were in the game when they needed to be. They got the Tampa Bay Buccaneers off the field when required and got the ball back in the offense's uh, hands with 236 left in the game where now the offense has to do their job, so to speak. So it may look staggered. It may not, they're maybe not, they're not talented enough, but they, they will fight on the defensive side. And I thought within the first two games, uh, they did what was required on their end to do their, their job to keep things at, at bay. Offensively, it's, it's been a completely different story. The offense completely is sputtered. And I thought last week the defense gave them an opportunity to win. I give uh, NFL coaches and GMs the benefit of the doubt, usually. I've never really taken any pride in being a coach killer or a GM killer. There are 32 of these jobs. Dumb guys don't get those jobs. 
people make curious decisions, but I, I can't for the life of me understand why Ryan Poles and Matt Eberflus got together this week and said, it's a good idea to let Nathan Peterman go. Why any team would not want a third quarterback. You're one misstep away from being to your number two every Sunday afternoon. I don't find that to be defensible to not keep Peterman on the roster. He's serviceable at best and he knows your language. What what is the rationale behind that, you suppose? Well, I think they've got some roster decisions right now, and Peterman could be a guy that maybe is re-signed here. Teams are always playing with the the roster as it is, or to me it's another indicator that with where things are with Justin Fields now, which is critical, I want what I'm saying right now to be perfectly clear. By the end of this year, they have to decide on the fifth-year option of Justin Fields. Right now it's not going in the right direction. So it could be mid-year that they just turn the reins over to Tyson Bajan and, and see what it, what he can do, you know, because otherwise we know if it plays out, they'll potentially be in the quarterback market again. Justin Fields potentially could be traded because unless it's a complete 180 right now, this isn't heading down a good road, okay? Because right now I think I don't see anybody out there that could foresee putting a fifth-year option on, on Justin Fields, basically guaranteeing him over $20 million when the play hasn't justified it. So there has to be a big turnaround from him, a complete 180. Everybody knows what Nathan Peterman can do. Tyson Bajant comes in as an undrafted free agent, highly decorated from college, has looked good, has done everything that's been required, has played well in the preseason games. Anytime he's practiced, he's practiced well. And who knows? Is he the next Brock Purdy? Who knows? Uh, But, uh, you know, basically – it could be to that point where he is going to be earned earning an opportunity to play because everybody knows what Nate Peterman uh, can do in the league. And he's been around a long time, but he could be added to the roster just because they're dealing with a lot of roster issues right now for the bears. All right. Uh, the $64,000 question. Um, can you give me a game plan that, that keeps them in this thing? I mean, how do you go to work today if you're the Bears after all of what you've been through these last few days, especially yesterday? Give me what you would like to see Eberflus do when he gets behind closed doors with his team and what you would like to see Luke Getze deploy Sunday at Arrowhead. Yeah, I think now's the time when you're only logging about 50 plays a game offensively. Who's ever not doing their job, this is kind of the go time. I mean, in this game against Kansas City, they need to run the ball, stay in their lane, play action pass, obviously play good defense, play sound defense, even though they're roster-wise, they're, they're challenged, and everybody has to execute. But it's getting to a point that if this person isn't doing their job, we have to find somebody else to get in there to, to do their job. But the problem is, is here's where the roster is challenged. So... You didn't put anybody behind Braxton Jones that, that really challenges him. Is Larry Borum a guy that's going to challenge him, but now he's the, the left tackle as your swing tackle? So that's part of the problem. In order for a last-place team in the league, you're trying to build your roster at all levels with depth, with healthy competition. I think it's they've done that at receiver. Uh, they've tried to do it at the offensive line, but they've had some injuries now, and that's where it's at there. And then I would say the same thing defensively. Roster-wise, they're not there yet. They don't have the depth that can challenge the starters 
to really push them uh, to be, you know, where they want to be. So they're a run play action team. To me, that's what they've always been. They got to mix in, obviously, the run game with uh, with Justin Fields. And bottom line is Justin Fields has to throw from the pocket. You know, even at Ohio State, it's there were plays structured. He can't just be back there and say, I want to play free and be myself and everything's backyard football. No, there are certain things required that a defense is going to present you that you're going to have to execute basic plays from the pocket. And I will give you an, a, a specific example in the Tampa Bay game. X in, Z post. DJ Moore's on the X in, Claypool's on the Z post. That's the most basic play, passing play in football. Since high school, I ran it in college, ran it in the pros. It's basic in every offense. He drops back, has plenty of time. DJ Moore comes wide open on the in cut. He doesn't deliver the ball. And DJ Moore, they put the camera on him during the game. DJ Moore's like, what's going on here? You know, this is the most basic play in football. And the ball's not in his chest and him running upfield for a 25-yard gain. Those plays have to be executed by Justin Fields or any other quarterback that is playing quarterback for the Chicago Bears. Boy, the leaves have yet to fall, but it feels like the dead of winter already in this town. With our Jim Miller, always great catching up with you. Listeners, you can find Jim with Pat Kerwin on Sirius XM Channel 88. Moving the Chains is the name of the show. Weekday afternoons. And a bar bet for you. If anyone asks you, hey, give me some Bears trivia. All right, I'll bet you a beer. You don't know who the last Bears quarterback is to win 13 games. It's this guy, Jim Miller, 2001, when the Bears won the division. Thanks for the visit, man. Have a great weekend. All right, you too. Always good to be with you, Danny Mac. I want to remind you, you can get extra value this football season with Bet Rivers Squares. Win up to $10,000, 10K in bonus money. Bet $10 in same game parlays on any game with the squares icon to earn a square. The Bears are huge underdogs against the Chiefs. 12 and a half. At least that's what it was minutes ago. I imagine it'll go up before kickoff. It usually does. So if you're you're thinking you're inclined to bet the Chiefs on Sunday, why wait? Get it before the price goes up. I did not play in week two. I would have won a little bit of money, but I was a little bit of a little bit reckless in week one. I admitted that Monday on the podcast. I'm never going to lie to you about what I win or don't win. Um, I, I, first weekend, I did several parlays. I got excited. I did a six-team, you know, just win-only, straight-up parlays. Money lined six teams. I went four and two. That pays nothing. And uh, I did a three-team parlay, which blew up right out of the shoot at noon. Didn't even get to the Bears in Green Bay in week one. So because I peed away some money in week one, I kept my money in my pocket in week two. Mikey McDermott taught me that in, uh, in the movie Rounders. You can't lose what you don't put in the middle. Of course, you can't win much either. I'm more down on the Bears defense than Jim Miller is. I, I think the way they have performed these first two games is atrocious. And Yannick Ngakwe, because he was Yannick Ngakwe all those years when he was a Jaguar or a Viking or wherever his travels took him, people knew his name and they got excited. And, you know, I, I study the league pretty well when it comes to defensive players, and we have defensive players in my fantasy league, and I know who gets quarterback hits and pressures and tackles and sacks and who doesn't. I follow that pretty well. And Ngakwe has been just another guy the last several seasons. That's why you didn't see me doing handsprings. Not that I could do them even if I wanted to. 
when the Bears signed him. I, I, I told you at the time, I think that's overrated, and he missed both of his sacks. He was the lowest-graded Bears defender, according to Pro Football Focus. Miller says those sacks will come. Well, now's a good time. Now is a good time for them to come against Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs. They 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 defended Mahomes very well against the Jaguars' best pass, ru- pass rusher, Josh Allen, last week. He was. They got to him a few times, but Allen wasn't the guy who did it. Well, who do you suppose will be the Bears' pass rusher? The Chiefs are saying, "Okay, we got to block this guy." Is there one? And uh, it's not uh, it's not just with the pass rush. It's it's with broken tackles in the secondary, terrible tackling. And I know they're at the back end of the depth chart, but there still is no reason if you're on the field in an NFL game to have your head down and, and just and miss tacklers having, you know, slender wide receivers bounce off. You're not talking about Mike Evans, but because he's a pretty well built dude. But there were there were tackles that could have been made that weren't. Tampa had the ball 36 minutes on on Sunday and in in 2 weeks what what the Bears have done defensively against Love and Mayfield is just unacceptable. They gave up 245 yards of passing to the Packers then 317 to the Buccaneers, 562 passing yards. Those two quarterbacks Love and Mayfield hitting for like 67% of their pass attempts, 41 out of 64. Four touchdown passes, no interceptions, and the Bears have recorded one sack on the year. They can't get off the field on third down. The Packers succeeded nine out of six times. The Buccaneers were eight out of 15. You can't give up 55% of your third down conversions defensively and expect to win especially when your offense is as challenged as it has been. You, you're, you're, you're struggling to put points on the board, and that's dreadful. I don't agree with Jim Miller either, and you know, I, I, I put guys on to get their opinions, and I don't necessarily want to always debate the issue because I want to hear them talk about a wide variety of topics. I get a chance later to give you my perspective on it, and you might have already heard me say this, but – When it comes to the Bears headmaster, Matt Eberflus, I don't see a guy who exudes confidence. I don't see a man who who looks like he is a guy who you can lean on during times of crises, and that's where the Bears are. And yeah, I was taught as a young man, don't judge a book by its cover, but easier said than done. I I think there is something that's required of, of a head coach, of an NFL team, or, you know, a power five college team, you have to have presence when you walk in that room. When you stand in front of 60 dudes, you have to get all of them to buy in. You have to have them believe that you know what the F you're doing and that, you know, following your way is going to be the right choice for them. Eberflus does not make me feel that way, and he never has. And I think it was stupid on opening day when the Bears announced Eberflus as the head coach to give him the same news conference they gave Ryan Poles, the new GM. Those are individual press conferences. And I saw Poles push back against a few of the questions early on and was aggressive, very coarse. And that's not who Eberflus is. I thought he was intimidated by his general manager. And I thought he came off as sheepish in that first appearance as the Bears head coach, and nothing really has changed since that made, that's made me feel otherwise. He doesn't strike me as that ass kicker. You know, the guy with coach's eyes. 
and you know those those eyes that look right at you and see your every flaw see every sin you've ever committed coach's eyes eyes i first looked at when i was a junior in high school and i thought i played a good game against lake central but coach shelbourne and i had a talk on our way out to the practice field and he mentioned a handful of plays where i didn't stick with my block and I wasn't as good as I thought I was. And that was the first time I saw coach's eyes. Dick Duran even possessed coach's eyes. <laughs> he glared through me once seeing every, every unsavory ingredient I've ever put in my body and all of the other, you know, mean spirited thoughts I've had in my life or whatever the case may be. Coach's eyes. Eberflus does not possess them. And against the Chiefs this weekend, I have a tough time being fe feeling anything positive about the Bears. I think this is going to be another long day for them. I'm taking the Chiefs and laying the 12 and a half today. Going to get it before that number goes up even more. I'd love to be wrong, but it's starting to look like Fields is not the guy. It's starting to look like Eberflus is not the guy. It's too early for me to bail on a GM. He had a roster to overhaul. And still has more to go. He still doesn't have the pass rusher they need. That was, and I say the only, in air quotes, the only position he didn't address via free agency isn't one of the most important ones in football, and that's a great pass rusher. You don't have one of those guys, you're kind of effed. It's, uh, it's not going to be an easy road for you if you can't put the opposing quarterback on his ass or at least move him around regularly and harass him. And the Bears don't do that, and they haven't done it for a couple of years. And that was the big Eberflus thing. He was a guy who coached a defense in Indianapolis that created turnovers and caused havoc. And that hasn't happened here. Someone asked me yesterday, when was the last time, Can you? he said, can you ever remember a season that, that just – destructed so very quickly and i i thought yes i can in recent memory i would point to the zero nine bears who opened the year at green bay on sunday night in an nbc game jay cutler was making his bears debut i was at the game with my wife sherry and uh showmates we did our show from the stadium view bar in green bay the following morning did the midday show uh nine to one mcneil and spiegel on the score and Cutler threw four interceptions in his first game in a Bears uniform. My favorite was the one he threw to defensive tackle. Johnny Jolly hit him right between the nine and the seven. <laughs> Johnny Jolly, hey, hey, I got the football. Uh, it looked like John Goodman and everybody's All-American when he began to scamper across the Emerald Turf. Cutler sucked, and Brian Urlacher broke his wrist and was out for the year. It was announced that night, done for the year with a broken wrist. I predicted the following morning the Bears would miss the playoffs. You hate doing that in week one. But they did miss the playoffs. They won more games than I thought, but they were still terrible. They went 9-7 and seven that year. And uh, Cedric Benson buried their ass in a game in, in Cincinnati. Cedric Benson, the former Bear, the late Cedric Benson, had a career high, I think 172 rushing yards against the Bears. Frank Gore rolled up big digits against the Bears defense. They couldn't stop anybody that season. And then you had the Cutler problems offensively. So that was a year that started probably. Now, you didn't have a defensive coordinator resign after two games, Mister. after really coaching only one game. And uh, there's a lot of mystery on that. And 
the rumors are real ugly as to what might be going on with Alan Williams. I, you know, he, he says, I want to take care of my health and his statement. Thanks for listening to the Danny Mac podcast on the bet rivers network. There are a lot of rumors that would lead one to believe if those rumors are true, he's copping out and he's, he's pointing to health and his family. He's trying to save his family. I get it, but there are some, you know, alleged behaviors that are just absolutely absurd and unthinkable. And you don't want to think about them with anybody, you know, or have ever rooted for or anyone who lives in your neighborhood, but they're just rumors until proven otherwise. The sad fact is the bears are down a defensive coordinator. They don't have a left tackle because of the injury to Braxton Jones. And as Miller said, didn't really prepare for a backup at the position. Now he, He's not high on Larry Borum coming in to play left tackle. I thought Borum last year for a short stretch did fine as the right tackle. <sighs> and you, uh, <laughs> your quarterback is, uh, you, you need to let him run it a little bit. I, I don't think there's anything wrong with letting him do what he does best. That would be my wish for these bears this week that they let Justin Fields play football. And I understand you got to, you got to do what they're asking you to do. And he does hold the ball too long. Miller's right about that. That's not something you're I'm going to excuse or anyone should excuse. You can't hang out of the ball for four seconds. You can't run the damn ball. Just go, just go move the chains, man. Have some time of possession. Keep the ball away from Patrick Mahomes because if you have the ball for only 24 freaking minutes like you did against Baker Mayfield, the Chiefs are going to score more than 27 points on you, which is what Tampa finished with. Shockingly, not more. It's crazy the way Mike Evans was just ripping off huge plays and they were running the ball right, right down the Bears' throats. They only had 27 points and needed a pick six late to get there. On paper, it was a much more one-sided fight than the 27-17 final indicates. And I saw a stat today worth sharing before I wrap it up here. If Eberflus does not win four of his next nine games, if he doesn't go four and five, he will have the worst start he will he will leapfrog Abe Gibran for the worst start as a as a head coach in Chicago Bears franchise history. He needs to win four games of the next nine to avoid being lumped in there with Jeremiah was a bullfrog. <laughs> Abe Gibran, the pride and joy of Hobart, Indiana. Oh my God! Tell me that's not going to happen, Douglas. Uh, NFL Films with Abe Gibran, uh, short passes. Uh, you have to meet him once. Uh, you actually only meet someone once in Tampa at the old sombrero story for another day. Thank you so very much for listening to the Danny Mac podcast. I'll be back Monday morning with all of, all of the bears and chiefs to recap and, uh, lots more on the NFL. As we shake out this third week of the seasons, will the chargers finally post one in the win column I'm not as as okay with the Chargers at 0-2 as I am with the Bengals, but I still think their quarterback is too damn good for them not to play football in mid-January. Everybody plays in January now because the season ends too goddamn late. 
but I think the, the the Chargers will be a playoff team. They're too good to not make the playoffs despite their idiot head coach, Brandon Staley, going for two in the second quarter of, of their team, uh, their game this past Sunday what, against Tennessee. What are you doing? Yeah, I think they went up 11 to three with the two point conversion. Really? You got the conversion. That doesn't make it right. Not in my world. Thank you for listening. Thanks to Adam Delavitt, baby Capone, the big boss man at Bed Rivers Podcast Network. My executive producer is the Highland Trojan, Sam Michael. Thank you to Randy Merkin, our coordinating producer, as well as Alex Pastor and Troy Mocker for helping out with all of the data that we use for our podcast. And again, have fun this weekend. Wager at Bet Rivers. Make sure you check out that squares icon and you can earn squares. Bet 10 bucks in same game parlays on any game with the squares icon. You can win up to 10 grand. Boy, could I use that 10 grand. That would more than make up for my opening day sins. Enjoy week three, everybody. I'm Danny Mack. Thank you for listening. 